Greetings and good evening. Welcome to episode one of Moorish Legacy Talk. So today's topic will be the Moorish Science Temple of America, its origins, who founded the organization and the purpose for why the organization was founded. All right. So I am your host, Frederick Jones Ill, and there's going to be two segments. All right. One 20 minute segment and then an intermission and then a second 20 minute segment. And we're gonna cover everything on this topic. All right, so we'll start off with this. So the Moorish Science Temple of America was founded in the year 1913 in New York, New Jersey by one by the name of Prophet Noble Drew Ali. All right, now the Moorish Science Temple of America was founded as well underneath of the name the ancient Canaanite Temple or the old Canaanite Temple. All right. Um, this temple was organized and set up in Newark, New Jersey, on the second floor of a storefront. So this is where Noble Drew Ali, born Timothy Drew in the year 1886 in North Carolina. This is where he set the temple up initially. So apparently, from what I understand, there were some issues between Prophet Noble Drew Ali and some of his early followers who were fellowshipping at the ancient Canaanite temple. Uh, from what I understand, the confusion was surrounding what was actually going to be taught in inside the temple. Um, to my knowledge, some were under the impression that Christianity was going to be taught inside the temple, but Noble Drew Ali was teaching things beyond what was being taught by most divine ministers who were of the Christian faith. And Noble Drew Ali was teaching things beyond what was traditionally taught in the Holy Bible. All right. So between the years 1913 and the year 1925, Noble Drew Ali moved the Morris Science Temple of America, formerly known as the Ancient Canaanite Temple, from Newark, New Jersey to Cook County, Illinois. All right. So the Ancient Canaanite Temple was organized as the Moorish Holy Temple of Science in Cook County, Illinois in the year 1925. 
then the Moorish Holy Temple of Science was lawfully chartered in Cook County, Illinois with the county clerk November 29th, 1926. All right, it was filed as a civic organization. Then in the year 1928, the complexity of the organization was changed and then the religious affidavit was added because the work was largely religious based on what the founder, Prophet Noble Drew Ali said himself. He said because the work was largely religious. Now, we know the First Amendment to the Constitution of the United States of America gives the citizens freedom of the press, freedom of speech, freedom to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances and freedom of religion. All right. Now the freedom of religion clause says something to the effect of this. Now I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting verbatim what the First Amendment says regarding your right to freedom of religion. So it says something to the effect of this. It says, and Congress shall make no law establishing or respecting an institution of religion, nor abridging the free exercise thereof. So Noble Drew Ali was, was a constitutionalist. So he knew what the Constitution said. He knew where our protections lie in that document. Right? He is quoted as saying the Constitution is one of the greatest documents ever created. So he knew the Constitution like the back of his hand. So he knew that this organization that he founded, the Moorish Science Temple of America, its best protections would lie underneath of the Constitution filed as a religious organization. All right, Even though it was filed as a civic organization, but he knew... If he changed the complexity of the organization from civic to religious, it would be better protected underneath of the Constitution. Again, freedom of religion is in that First Amendment. So that's very, very, very important. All right. So Moorish Science Temple of America, founded in 1913 A.D. in Newark, New Jersey, moved from from Newark, New Jersey to Cook County, Illinois in between the years 1913 and 1925, lawfully chartered in the year 1926. And now we're here at the year 1928 where the religious affidavit was added. All right, founder and organizer, Prophet Noble Drew Ali, born Timothy Drew, born in the state of North Carolina in the year 1886 AD. All right, now, the reason that Prophet Noble Drew Ali founded the Moorish Science Temple of America was to restore nationality and divine creed to those who was stripped of their nationality 
and divine creed and rebranded under the slave marks Negro, Black, and Colored. Right? Now, um, now, we know during that era of time, especially, and even now to this day, the Asiatics of America are known as Negroes, Blacks, Coloreds, African American, West Indian, Taino, Caribs, Morenos, Indigos, Maroons, ETC, right? So we know this. So Prophet Noble Drew Ali founded the Moorish Science Temple of America again to wake our people up to the fact that those various brands that I just named are just that, they're brands. They're slave tags and law and aren't names that belong to the families of nations or to the human family. You see? So he founded the, the organization to explain to them, this is who you are not. And the last legal name that you had on the books before you went into the yoke of slavery and were stripped of your nationality and divine creed and rebranded under the various slave marks again, which are Negro, Black, Colored, African American, West Indian, Moreno, Taino, Maroon, Indigo, ETC, the last legal name you had on the books was Moor, or the Moorish, or the Moroccans, right? Now, in law, you have to use a name that belongs to the families of nations. You have to use a name that's a true trace. Otherwise, you're outside of law. All right. Otherwise, you become subject to all the mistreatments that the citizens of the nations of the earth care to bestow upon you. All right. So the More Science Temple of America was founded to 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 put this information out, to share this information with the people about the Negro, Black, and Colored brandings. All right, and to restore to them their nationality and divine creed and to bring them back into the global affairs with the other nations. All right? So that was the purpose of the Moorish Science Temple of America being founded. It was to bring them back into the constitutional fold of government and to teach them their true religion to teach them their divine creed, to teach them who their ancient foremothers and forefathers were, and to teach them what land they descend from. Because they're already home and they've already been home here in the Americas, and we'll come back to that. Alright, so again, this is why the Moorish Science Temple of America was founded. Now, what's taught in the Moorish Science Temple of America is that we are not Negroes black people or colored folks all right now here's the issue with that teaching because you have those out there who like to say that the moors or the moorish science temple of america are trying to separate themselves 
from so-called black people or that we want to be a different group from our own people or we're race traders, ETC. So that's not true. I'm here to tell you that that's not true. All right. I, Frederick Jones Eel, a practicing Moorish American Muslim at 90 degrees perpendicular on the square, raised up from a dead level to a living perpendicular. I'm here to tell you that that is not true. At all. When us Moors or Moorish Americans say that we're not black, we're not rejecting our people. We're not rejecting our families. We're not rejecting those that share an ancestry of slavery with us here in the Americas. We're not rejecting them. We love them. When we reject the black designation, we're rejecting the brand that the European used to take your birthright away. That's all we're rejecting. We're not rejecting you. You see, but the leaders from the community keep misrepresenting this, telling, purposely telling them lies about us when they know very well that we aren't rejecting them. I couldn't if I wanted to. I got to pass by you in the community every day. We live in the same neighborhood. We commute using the same routes, using the same roadways. You know, we use the same city offices, county offices. You see, I'm going to see you one way or other at the local community grocery shop, at the post office, at the courthouse. So I can't not say that I am not of the same stock as you because I am. Again, I'm not rejecting you. I'm rejecting the brand that was used to get you out of the status of heir. You're the heir. And this is your ancestral estate. But they put the Negro, Black, and Colored tag on you to erase that history. To, to, to practice warfare on you with the pen. You know how they say the pen is mightier than the sword? So that's what they did with the pen. They erased the Moorish history. The history of the true so-called Indians of the Americas, which are those classes, Negroes, Blacks, and Colors today. Erased that history and then reconstructed it and created a new group called the Negroes or the Blacks or the Coloreds, which don't exist. And we can easily prove that by getting out a book of all of the flags of all of the countries of the earth. We can easily prove that. It ain't a nation called Colored. It ain't a nation called Negro. And it ain't a nation called Black anywhere on the planet. Anywhere on the planet. It never has been. It never will be. And it isn't one now. And that isn't even something that you can argue. You see? So again, when we in the Morrisonians Temple of America say we're not black, we're rejecting that slave tag. We ain't rejecting you, brother. We ain't rejecting you, sister. And we aren't rejecting our families. That's crazy for people to even say that when they know better. You see? Because we know black, according to science, religion and law means death. And that's not even something that you, that you have to look up to validate. Just use your common sense. Black means death. It does. You can go into the history and look up the history of sailing. The black flag 
of all sailing vessels, especially when you're dealing with the Scandinavian nations, the black flag used to symbolize the funeral ships or ships of death or ships of, of bad luck. You know, ships where they would put their dead. You see, so the black flag symbolized the opposite of the white flag. You know, white being purity, you know, purity meaning God and God being a ruler of the land, having nothing to do with the complexion of people. It's the universal science recognized all over the planet. All right. Also, too, um, dealing with the definition black, even if you go into the various law dictionaries, you'll see black means civil letter mortus. Now, we know mortus dealing with the term morgue, which is which the morgue is where they take the dead, litter being trash, and then civil meaning civilly, meaning as a civilian, you know, as a civilian, you're litter and you're dead. You see? And even if we go the route of um of looking up the term uh, negro which is the anglicized version of the Spanish word negra, which we know negra means black in Spanish. All right, so we know that in English you can say negro, which is the anglicized version of the Spanish word negra, or you can just say black, you know, which is a later um, word that's synonymous with the term negro. And we know that the Spanish word negra is derived from the old Latin term necros, which means the dead. So necros, means the dead dealing with the term or being synonymous with the Greek term necropolis right having the same meaning and we know that the term again negro is a derivative of that which is where they get negra and black and all of that and negrito and, and any other word that's synonymous that comes from these parent words these are spells we're talking about and we know in the dictionary, the, the word black means death, dirty, sullen, absent of light, evil, dark, treacherous. So these are the spells that we're casting upon ourselves when we say that we are black people, when we are not that. Also, the word black is an adjective. It's not a proper noun. All right. An adjective is a descriptive term. A proper noun is a person, place, thing, or idea. So you can't even say that you're black and then that's it. You see? You got to have a nationality. So a nationality is is a proper noun. A nationality is a person, place, thing, or idea. So as a person, who are you? Where's your flag? What do you represent? Where's your constitution? What are your principles? You know, what's the quality or character that has arisen from you belonging to a nation? And what are their principles? So in the more science temple, we have five divine principles, which is love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice, which represents the five points of light or the five points that's around that five-pointed green star that's on our red flag. The red flag with the five-pointed green star, the Moorish flag, all right, standing for the five divine principles of love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. And that the first divine principle, love, is the highest plane of life. That's the apex, you see, because love is the only truth. But back to... Um, why we demonstrate some of the things that we demonstrate as far as why we reject the Negro, Black, and Color branding scheme. Because those are slave tags. So I already broke down the Black, why we say we're not Black, and how that relates to the term Negro. Now, the color. 
The Prophet Noble Drew Ali says in the lessons that uh, anything that's colored is stained, painted, varnished, or dyed. If we ain't dyed, we aren't stained, and nobody painted us. We are the real deal. All right? And also, going to the law aspect of it, we know colored means anything that has the appearance of being real without actually being real. A semblance, a fiction. You see, a fake, a mirage. So, and we know that we are very real and we're alive, flesh and blood, breathing, born of a natural matrix individual. So we ain't colored either. All right. So this is the end of segment one, of part one. And we'll continue with part two uh, after this brief intermission. All right. Yeah. So, we are back with segment two of part one of the Moorish Legacy show. All right, so where we left off is we were talking about the colored demonstration and what colored means according to the lessons of the Moorish Science Temple of America and what it means according to the various law books and law dictionaries and why the European nations put the tag on us. All right. So when we left off, what I had expressed to the listeners was that in our lessons, in the lessons of the Moorish Science Temple of America, in Quran questions for Moorish children, also known as the one-on-ones, the 101 questions, it, it says that something that is colored is something that is stained, painted, varnished, or dyed. And we aren't that. We haven't been painted. We haven't been stained. We aren't varnished and nobody died us. As I stated before we took the intermission at the end of the first segment. All right. So we aren't that. We are human beings, flesh and blood, born of a natural matrix, born of a natural mother, flesh and blood, breathing, not constructed and manufactured and given superficial features a superficial outer so we aren't colored all right now going into the law aspect of it colored means semblance or something that has the appearance of being real without actually being real a mirage you see appearing to be something that it is not purporting to be something that it is not all right, that's what colored means in law, which brings me to this right here. We know that the European families put their family names on our families. They gave us the Smiths, the Jones, the Johnson, the Jenkins, the Jackson. The Williams, Adams, ETC, 
So what they did was, being that they put their mark on us, being that they stripped us of our ancient customs, all right, the customs that was taught to us by our ancient foremothers and forefathers, they stripped us of that and replaced our true and divine customs with their customs. And in doing so, they put their names on us. So on paper, the way that they would know who was the real John Smith or F Michael Jones or Steve Williams or Joe Johnson ETC, the, the way that they would know who was the Jor John Smith versus who was the property of John Smith's family or the Smith family is they would use these designations on paper. If you were John Smith true and divine, then they would have you mark off, of course, white. And if you were property of John Smith, reclassified as Negro, black, and colored and given the, the name of the Smith family, then you would put down colored or black. So that's how they would know on paper who was the appearance of John Smith, i.e. the colored John Smith, or who was the real John Smith. So that's another purpose for why they came with the slave designations as well, because they wanted to distinguish between who was the slave and who was the owner, both having the same names, John Smith, Joe Jackson, Michael Jones, Frederick Jones. So that's the reason why. So when we hold on to these brandings, even after the slavery era of time has come and gone, we are still paying homage to the fact that the European families used to own our families. You see? All right, so that's the colored demonstration. And we ain't colored. We ain't a semblance of nothing. We are true and divine. But in order to really demonstrate that, you have to reject that branding Declare your nationality. Declare what your ancient foremothers and forefathers bought you. Give the European back what he forced upon you, which is Christianity and his other pagan holidays and customs, even though he learned that from original people. But, you know, th this is what we're giving back to him. Declare your nationality. Declare who you are. Demonstrate and live the life that your ancient foremothers and forefathers lived. You see, fly your flag because every nation of people have a flag. They have a constitution just like we have in the Moorish Science Temple of America, a divine constitution and bylaws. So study that. Fly your flag. Put the ill and the bay on the end of your name, which makes you distinguishable amongst other nations. When you write your name down, like like my name is Frederick Jones Ill. When people see that ill, they're going to know that that's a Moorish American Muslim right there. That's a Moor, formerly known as the Negro. And every nation has their mark. They have their flag. They have something that will let you know who they are. Like, for example, an Italian, you know, an Italian, when you see their name on paper, you know, when you see 
a name like Santangelo or um, VC or a name like Gambino or a name like De Filippo, which would be equivalent to the English name Phillips, right? Of the Phillips family. You see? So you know someone that's Irish if you see like Old Rourke or Old Ryan or Old Brian or a name like Murphy or Beckwith. Names like that, you know, are Irish. You, you know a name is, you know, someone who's Polish if they have like a ski at the end of the name, like Karpinski or Kabalaski or, you know, names like that. And then, you know, if one is a Eastern European Jew, when you see names like Schwartz or a name like Stone or Diamond or Rothstein or Goldstein, Silverstein, like that. And it's a reason why they have those names, but I won't get into that. But those names were given to them by the German rulers in power at the time based on appearance. If you had silver hair you or if you were... Uh, some type of metal smith and you would get Silverstein or Goldstein because you dealt with metals, silver and gold and diamonds and you would get diamond. Um, sometimes if you had dark hair or you was dark complected then you would get Schwartz because Schwartz is a Germanicized version of the Anglicized term Swarth or Swarthy which means dark. But I don't want to go off on a tangent um, on that. I want to stick to my original point. So that's how you know who that group is. And Noble Drew Ali came and said, we are going to be the ills and the bays. And the people the world over will know that this is a Moorish American. Because no one else in the world has ill or bay after the name. So, th so this is the reason why Noble Drew Ali came and did some of the things that he did to make us distinguishable. All right? To make us distinguishable. And the purpose of him doing this was because eventually he was going to have it so that when we go and fill out census forms or fill out applications for, I guess, a loan, uh, an application to get a particular license, whether it's a business license or a vending license or a driver's license or a maritime boating license, he was trying to have this relationship with the government with the government, so to speak, and establish something so that we wouldn't have to put Negro on there or so that the Negro box was totally removed and they will put more or the Moorish or something comparable or equivalent to that. You see? So so this is why certain things were done. Noble Jew Ali didn't establish this because he wanted to separate himself from so-called black people. You see? Well, our people look at things like if you ain't saying something that I can identify with based on what I know, then, then it must be bad. Not having a proper understanding of why you was even called black man and black woman in the first place. It was to debate you. So this is what Noble Drew Ali came 
to tell the people. And then you have those that either A, don't really know, so they're saying anything, causing confusion. And then you have those that know, but then they misrepresent Prophet Noble Drew Ali to their benefit. Well, they think it's to their benefit, not knowing that being in opposition or being diametrically opposed to what Noble Drew Ali bought is not necessarily helping you. You think it is because you're getting something in return for, for trying to stagnate this thing here, but really it's hurting you in the long run because there are incentives that come with demonstrating this. Can you imagine if we all went one way as one collective group, you know, demonstrating that oneness of mind, you know, all striving for the same goal, flying the red flag with the five-pointed green star, all of us under one flag, under one banner, having the same objective, like those who are now occupying Palestine that is called the state of Israel. That's what they did. And they did it as recently as 1948. They weren't always a sovereign nation recognized by the UN. They started out as um, people who were exiled or you know people who were ran out of their home country, which was either Russia Germany or Poland after the first two world wars and they were seeking asylum in different places and then went to Palestine and set their thing up had their flag had their constitution had their businesses started to till the land had their own military and now look at them 60 or 70 something years later so Noble Drew Ali didn't come and do nothing different as a matter of fact Noble Drew Ali is before that Noble Drew Ali is 25 the state of Israel wasn't officially established until the 40s. Didn't get their flag until the 40s. So when I look at what they're doing and then when I look at what we're doing, it's always our own people that want to attack and criticize and be, and be, they want to discourage us from doing something that's beneficial to them. Why you want to marginalize and point the finger at us like we doing something wrong. You see? So this is what Noble Drew Ali came to tell. You see? Now going back to something that I mentioned earlier when I mentioned that we're home. That the Americas is our home. This is our ancestral estate. And we ain't going nowhere else. And we ain't going to be accepted nowhere else because we're home. We've always been here. We've always been here. This is why they keep building jails for us. Because you're at home. You've always been home. The only visitor is these foreigners and even this European. In which they are the European occupational government. Collectively known as the United States of America, which they weren't always united. They weren't always the USA. They weren't always the United States of America or the Union States of America or the Union Society of America, ETC. They were once 13 separate colonies governed independently and only came together when they would meet as the Continental Congress. And there was a president of the collective body when they met, but were all governed separately with separate currencies, separate rules, separate laws, different flags being flown. You had the Dutch. You had the English, you had the Germans, you had the Swedes, you had the Irish, you see? So, they were different, all different nations. And then, of course, England 
was the dominant group and then you know in the English language became the dominant language and then the English became the, the dominant group over all of the other European nations but before they became united they were separate you see so it's these European nations that divided up our empire here which is a former Moroccan empire now today known as America or the Americas or the United States of America all right and we know that the history tells us that this land that's now called America which is north south central and the adjoining islands this land was formerly known as the Al Maghrib Alexa, the Al Maghrib Amexum, or the Al Maghrib Amexa, which translate which translates to be Morocco furthest west or the land furthest west. Morocco furthest west, right here. So the land is an extension of the Eastern Moroccan Empire, and we're in the Western Empire overthrown and renamed this is the land of the Moors this is your ancestral estate this is your house you're standing in Northwest Africa right now before the continent separated and then the Great Atlantis Ocean was created that's how long you've been here you've been here ain't nobody bring you here that's one of the biggest lies ever told I'm not saying slavery didn't happen well, you was here before that even took place. These are the things that Noble Drew Ali came to tell when he would say things like, our flag was flowing on this landmass for over 10,000 years. What do you think he's trying to tell you when he tells you that? You're home. You keep trying to go to Africa and you standing in Africa. And always been in Africa and never even knew it. Before the split of the continents. Before the worldwide cataclysms that took place between 10 and 15,000 years ago, where some of the continents shifted around. And Noah Drew talks about it in chapter 47 of the Holy Quran of the Moor Science Temple of America that talks about Egypt and the capital empire of the dominions of the Mexican, where he talks about the pharaohs dredging the river Nile to do trade with the surrounding kingdoms. He also talks about the Mississippi River being dredged to extend eastward and even extending westward across the Great Atlantis unto present-day North, South, and Central America for transportation purposes and trade. So if a river is, is extending across the Atlantic, that should tell you right there that the Atlantic wasn't that big because the river don't stretch that far now. So that should tell you that you're standing in Northwest Africa before the separation of the continents. All right. Northeast Africa is the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Southeast Africa is the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Northwest Africa. Right. And Southwest Africa is right here. The United States of America going all the way down to Brazil. This is your empire right here. This is why there's a saying in the Marine Corps where they say from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. 
Well, where do you think you're standing? You, this is the halls of Montezuma right here. The Americas, north, south, central, including the adjoining islands. The shores of Tripoli is the other side of the empire. So even as European is telling it somewhat, he's giving you little bits and pieces, giving it to you in riddles, but it's there. You just got to do the work. And these are some of the things that um, the illustrious prophet, noble Drew Ali, peace be upon him, came to tell the people. And may Allah be pleased with that brother because he did some work because we are hard-headed and stiff-necked easily led in the wrong direction hard to be led in the right don't know our origins in the world poison animal eaters you see doubt everything believe everything that the 10% says doubt everything that the poor righteous teachers born amongst them raised amongst them you know doubt everything that these guys come to tell them you see right so this is the end of segment two of the Moorish legacy part one. So we're at the end. So I'm going to bring it to a close. And I just wanted to say to all the listeners, uh, thanks for checking in. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back soon with part two, segments one and two of the Moorish legacy show. All right? Peace.